Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, my friends, Simon from What Culture here, and as I have been telling you all week, I am going to be away for seven days as of next week, but before I did go away, I was like, I need to give them one more video. Wouldn't you know it, NXT just had a premium live event. It was known as Halloween Havoc, even though Halloween is next week, but let's not worry about that, and instead, let's take the finger of power, go through the damn thing, and decide, well, was it really good, or should I go on Twitter and moan? Let's up those doubts. Chucky welcomed us to NXT Halloween Havoc. And as always, I just have so many questions. Now, I know this isn't the first time it's happened, but is Chucky part of WWE lore? And am I now meant to think when I'm watching Raw, SmackDown, NXT or whatever, that Chucky could pop up at any time? I don't know. I mean, should I expect him to be a special guest referee in the future? And I bet that does happen and I regret it and I take it back. And yes, before we got into this, Quincy Elliott and Shotzi are all like, hi, welcome to NXT. I was like, thanks. It also meant that our first match was for the North American title. It was a ladder match. Look at me. <laughs> I'm laughing already because this was certifiably insane. It was also Oro Mensa taking on Carmella Hayes, taking on Nathan Frazier, taking on Von Wagner, who was also taken on Wes Lee. And I swear, if they ever show the plans for this match, they came up backstage, it would just say, let's do everything. And if we find something we haven't done, let's make sure we do that. Frazier was the first guy to do something stupid because he kind of changed direction in midair when he was doing a dive, which is when Mensa was like, oh, what am I doing? This is a ladder match. And he went and got the steel and he started using it as a weapon, which wrestlers love to do. As people had been smacked, Nathan finally started to climb. She was like, oh man, the point is to try and win. But Mensa cut him off. But as Aura was then going for the championship, Wesley was here and he pulled him down. So straight away, you can see this weird scale electric connectivity. The following things then happened like boom, 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 boom. It was almost hard to keep up with because Carmella was backdropped onto a ladder. So Wesley got in there and he dropped kick Mensa, which is when Wagner was back to just boot Wes right in the face. And when Nathan Fraser tried to do something, he got powerbombed. 
onto the ladder. And I was like, why in these matches does nobody care about their back? I can't even explain what happened next because Frazier was able to stop Carmelo from climbing the ladder when Wes was back and he kind of used this thing as a device to do a senton. And honestly, I watched that spot three times. It was like quantum physics. I'm never going to be able to figure it out. This was then wrestling tennis, so Nathan was back to hit this Spanish fly onto the thing. I was like, man, how can they get this a bit more crazy? But it did do, because everyone just went, move, 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 move. Which sounds like some terrible song from the 90s. Because there was so much carnage, this is when Trick Williams was like, oh, I need to help my guy, because he was out there too. So he tipped Mensa off the top of the ladder, who crashed into everybody. And I was just feeling all oogly-boogly during this, because I don't understand how their bodies hold up. Robert Stone was then also out for shenanigans, and he hit Williams so hard, I think he sent him to the Phantom Zone. And I think Von Wagner got bored, because he revealed a ladder so big, and you better go check this out for yourself, it looked like he hit somebody in the audience. <laughs> this may be camera trickery, but who needs a ladder that big unless you're trying to change a light bulb in a palace? People then falling through ladders left, right and centre when Wagner did throw Wesley into Alan the announce table, but that did not break, so it looked like it sank. And the scuffle they had after this, it was like rats tried to climb up that thing because so many people were giving it a go. And this is when everyone decided, man, we got to get rid of this Von Wagner. So they found all these small ladders and they just flubbed him up. I mean, this was like an absolute piñata, and finally we did get down to Hayes, who looked like he was going to claim the championship, but then Wesley springboarded in, he got rid of that guy, and he did climb, and he became the champion. And I tell you this, given the years he's had, I think NXT has treated him so well, and if we use this platform for him to get even bigger, well, I think he's going to smash it. This was just a barrel of laughs. Get it up. He also seemed genuinely moved after this, which just makes him an even bigger baby face. When we got to Mandy Rose versus Alba Fire, part one. That's right, because it was the return of the cinematic match. Now, I will say that I appreciated this choice after the nutty ladder match, because it made everything feel different and it made everything feel varied. But I will also say, if you're not a fan of B-horror movies, you should probably never watch this. So we did see Toxic Attraction driving to where they thought Alba Fire was, and they were all in the car kind of freaking out, but not freaking out, when they decided to go into this weird, spooky building. And of course, Mandy Rose was like, well, why don't we all split up? And I was like, my word, she's never watched a horror film in her life. Once again, though, it does bring up the question, what am I meant to believe here? Because there was a bunch of demons and there was a bunch of monsters. So am I meant to think this is actual monsters and demons that now exist within the WWE universe, or is it people just dressed up? And if it is people just dressed up, why did anybody care? Of course, JC Jane was taken out instantly because she was scared. When Gigi Dolan ran into Chucky and a bunch of his friends, and after she was all like, way Chuck, you're my best bud, they all kind of jumped on her, and I suppose took her to hell. This is when Fire turned up and locked her in a freezer, because why wouldn't you do that? And even though Mandy Rose pretended she wasn't scared, she then played an organ, and when the organ played itself, she was then terrified. I don't know what was going on. This is when Alba appeared and attacked her with that damn bet, as all her monster friends were like, oh, we're going to eat her or something. And Mandy Rose was able to escape, but I have no idea what any of this was. Now, I do appreciate it, because we went back to the commentators, they were like, well, that was spooky-wookie. Sometimes WWE doesn't do that. You go back to the announcers and they go, oh, here's a video from Progressive. So look, I appreciated the effort. I really did. So I am going to give it an up. But much like all that Ms. Damien Priest stuff, it doesn't make any sense. And it actually confuses the brain more. 
also I never want to watch it again, down. And then we had a casket match, and I can't lie, I was just dying. The irony. Because this was between Apollo Crews and Grayson Waller, and was basically NXT going, well it's Halloween, so you better deal with it. And now I officially don't understand what the rules of a casket match are. Because they were tussling on the top at one point, and Grayson pushed Apollo into the coffin casket, and he went crashing through it, and even Booker T was like, well, it's over, it's done. We've seen someone go into the coffin, someone ring the bell, when we were then told, actually, no, it's not over, because in this kind of a match, you need to put somebody in the casket, and the lid must be shut. And I was like, man, that is one hell of an asterisk. Now, it was kind of cool, because before this, they were just doing flippy dippy doodah stuff, and you don't often see flippy dippy doodah stuff in a casket match, but that is just a stupid rule. It should be shot out of a cannon, so that part's getting it down. It then got even more wacky, because the druids returned, they had brought out casket number one, and they had casket number two, and then look, Apollo Crews is really good, I really like Grayson Waller, and they did have a good match, and there were some teases when somebody was in the box, but they put their hand out at the last second, like, oh, I don't want to die, and it's terrifying in here, but eventually, after we saw a tombstone pile driver, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, Apollo chokeslammed Grayson into it, anyone and you never really get a proper victory in a casket match for reasons i've just underlined but look it was an okay match for what it was and i don't mind crazy stipulations stuck on the side but next time we need to establish the rules i was crying i was crying with laughter because they may as well have just made it up as they went along but i shall give it up because when we did get to the end i asked myself the most important question did i have fun and the answer my brain told me was yes Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help? a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. 
Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. We then had a Chase U segment when it was revealed that Duke Hudson had joined the university. And I'll just keep this one nice and brief. As soon as we did do that, I was like... That's a really good choice, and I want to see what's going to happen. We're also then backstage with Pretty Deadly, who are all like, oh, man, we're the best NXT tag team champions in the world. When Caden Carter and Katana Chance turned up and said, no, you're not, we're better than you, so my eyebrow shot through the roof because I was like, is that a tease? And if it is, what the hell do we have planned here? In terms of the short term, though, we did know because our next match was Cora Jade versus Roxanne Perez. I think both these guys are great. It was also a weapons wild match, which is just a hardcore match or a no rules match, but sometimes we have to come up with silly names. And much like we've said about the rest of the show, they just got a bunch of weapons and they kicked the crap out of each other. And when two wrestlers do that, you should give them a round of applause, because believe you me, it hurts. And the first thing Roxy did was smack Jade with the skateboard, because why the hell not? And Cora was so scared, she went and hit under the ring. But Perez got her, dragged her out, where I do believe Cora Jade had a cold spray. Now, the commentators were like, was that bug spray? Was it spray paint? I was, no, it was cold spray. And somewhere you just know Brandon Cutler was sitting at home smiling. She then leveled this up by throwing Roxy into Barry Barricade, and he'd actually had an okay evening up to this point. And then we had some chairs and we had some trash cans, because why the hell not? It is a no rules match. But then they had stuff like chains and other rope-like devices, and they were trying to choke each other. And my hand always goes up, so I'm like, no, that's attempted murder. Because it is. Eventually, the fabled kendo stick was also involved. But do not forget that we put this to bed on a previous episode of Ups and Downs. The kendo stick has to have a dry, under-the-ring environment to survive. Hence why there's one always available. If you've just heard that and gone, Simon, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Well, you sound like my parents and you're right. It got so out of control at one point they fought into the crowd and onto one of those platforms like where Gronk fell at WrestleMania. And I do admit this was a little bit bizarre because they were teetering on the edge when all of a sudden they just grabbed each other and took this crazy fall through some tables. But seriously, that was a nuts bump to take. Someone who fell off a steel cage at the weekend and went through a table and yes, that really happened. I tell you this. Even though sometimes it looks a little bit convoluted, it's truly terrifying. So fair play to those guys. There was also a bunch of chairs in the ring by this point, so they did fight back in there. And this is when Roxanne Perez was like, I'm going to hit my finisher. And she hit the pop rocks into that pile, which looked horrible. And she got the one, two, three. And given events that we're going to talk later when it comes to the women's title, surely she has to be the person to dethrone Mandy Rose. And it is about time. I thought this was fun. Shotzi then DDT'd last legend after a little bit of a segment, and the reason I'm speeding through all of that is because it was really dumb. Because the only read Lash didn't like this because she was all like, oh Shotzi, you should be on SmackDown because you're a SmackDown guy now. And we learned that there's somebody new in Schism, we're going to find out on Tuesday. And maybe that's Doink the Clown. Right now we can say that because nobody knows the answer when the wheel of nonsense spun again. It was time for an ambulance match. Now, fair play to Julius Creed and Damon Kemp because they really made this work. And do not forget, we had stakes here because if Jules did lose, his brother Brutus was going to be banished to the Phantom Zone or something like that. We really did take this idea and run with it, though. 
to the hospital. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't have said it. And do not forget the rules here imply that you have to get your opponent into an ambulance or, more specifically, a local medical facility wagon. You close the door and you're the victor. Julius is just amazing though, because as he does in all of his matches, he just comes flying out the gates and he absolutely kills you to the point I'm like, man, I'm not sure if he's protecting him at all, but I can't stop watching. And Damon Kemp, I kind of feel like you could put him on the main roster tomorrow he'd make it work. We were also using stuff like crutches, because of course that does tie in, you know, ambulances, and if you're injured, you always use one, to ensure that nobody was being locked in the boot. Well, after that, we had the old fire extinguisher chick in somebody's face, and that always counts as de-escalation, because whatever someone has done beforehand is quite brutal, and then you just blow an air into someone's face. They both then dropped Julius into Simba the Steel Steps, and we really have to focus on these metal stairs, because by the end of this, they were using it to try and commit death. I mean, some of the bumps, look at me, but some of the bumps they took into them, I was like, nah, bruh, we shouldn't be doing it. And throughout that too, we were also trying to throw the other person into the ambulance. And I know that doesn't sound like a sentence, but it's true. We were also throwing people into Rita the Ring Post, and much like the still stairs, it was done with so much venom, I couldn't help but kind of like contort myself. And eventually we were also using a wheelchair. Because once again, somebody had sat down and gone, hospital, crutch, wheelchair. These are all things you would find in a local medical facility. Evidence C to all of this is that a stretcher was involved at one point. Around about this time, they just started throwing things at each other, including the ring bell. Roger the ring bell. And I was like, what did Roger ever do? He just wanted to go ding ding and do a good job. It was a laundry cart of all things that did some damage. So Damo put Julius in there and started to wheel him to the back. But this is when Creed came to his senses and he was like, oh no, this is the last thing I want to do because I'll lose. So we got out of there. He really did come flying out of that thing too and he slammed Damo through a table and he just hit him with a bunch of chair shots. And however brutal and unhinged you think this was, times it by 10. He also kind of clotheslined him through a chair, which doesn't make any sense, but that basically was what happened, which is when Julius grabbed Kemp, he took him to the vehicle, he threw him in there when him and... His brother all celebrating like, oh, I'm not going to lose my job. <laughs> if you were a family member of Damon Kemp, you were probably like, wait a minute, is he okay? This really was out of control though, and I couldn't help but watch it. Both these guys have something. I'm not entirely sure what it is, but they're pretty damn good. Give it it up. As the ambulance was driving away as well, so I suppose Kemp just has to spend the night in hospital, we saw Mandy Rose and Alba Fire turn up in their car and we went straight into their match. I'm just gonna tell you, I didn't get this because it didn't make any sense. Because I thought the whole point of the scary people earlier was to take out Toxic Attraction, but then just as Alba Fire had the thick one, Gigi and JC arrived back in the arena. Now once again, one, why didn't the monsters kill them? Because that's what monsters do. And two, how did they get here? They didn't have a car. So they just pulled the referee out, which meant Alba wasn't able to get the win. And then they beat her up and Mandy Rose hit her finisher, the kiss the rose, whatever it's called. And she got the one, two, three. And yeah, I sat there like an idiot just scratching my head. Cause I was like, well, what was the point of the cinematic part? So once again, I appreciate the fact we tried to think out of the box, but this one just didn't click and it didn't really work. So I am going to give it a down. And when we get to the next premium live event in December, I think Roxanne Perez should probably win the title. Which did bring us to our main event, though. This was really, really good stuff. Because Bron Breaker continues to be a once-in-a-lifetime talent. And this Ia Dragunov man 
is just the most intense individual ever. And that's why JD McDonough worked too, because he understood, look, you want me to be the goof? I'll absolutely be the goof. Because the story at first was that Bron and Dragunov are both power guys. They're like, I want to beat up JD McDonough. And the other one's like, well, I want to beat up JD McDonough. So JD McDonough was like, well, if you're going to fight over me, I'm going to try to beat you up. They both turned around. They punched him in the face. After that too, we went into traditional WWE triple threat structure in the sense that one guy has to go out and the other two people will fight and the other guy will come out and the two people that are now back in, they will continue to brawl. But look, I'm not going to get mad at this because does it still work? Yes. The best part though is that when Dragonov and Bron Breaker were in there and they were just laying into each other, JD was like, well, I may be able to fly in here and hit the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment surprise roll up and get a win. And when that didn't work, he just waited for them to pull out all these power maneuvers. He'd throw them off and he'd try and steal the pin. And on a couple of these, especially after Bron had done his like press slam slam thing a magic, I actually thought that JD McDonald was going to win. He didn't. There was also this horrible bit where Dragonov caught JD and he was just slamming him with all these elbows. But this is where Bron Breaker was back at the clothesline he hit. I mean, I think he killed a man. And then fell into these great three-way exchanges, which are so amazing to watch because they had everything on point, which is when it was move time. Because Bron spit Ia to the outside, so McDonald was like, okay, well, I'm going to do a moonsault out there. And then Dragonov was back, and he hit Powerbomb onto Bron Breaker. So McDonald was all like, well, I'm going to climb to the top rope and hit a 450. And all of that happened in around about 7.2 seconds. The biggest near fall that we need to talk about, though, is when Dragunov hit his flying headbutt Moscow torpedo thingamajig. And he did this on Bron Breaker, who do not forget is undefeated and is the NXT champion. Is he undefeated? I can't remember. But he's won a lot of damn matches. And the referee went one, and the referee went two. And just as he was about to hit three, JD was back and he grabbed the referee's hand, which surely should be a disqualification, even in a triple threat, but it wasn't, and who cares? And that was quite the moment, because now Dragunov can be like, you absolute son of a gun, I was going to win, now you and I must feud. JD then went to get a chair, but we'd seen enough of that this evening, so Dragunov cut him off, and when he went back into the ring to do headbutt number two, <laughs> he just got caught with this massive spear by Bron, who pinned him to retain his championship. This is kind of a Mandy Rose situation. I have no idea who's going to beat him. But hey-ho, who even cares? He's doing well. Getting it up. Which did indeed bring us to the end of NXT Halloween Havoc. And look, it's really fun. Even the bad fix are going to entertain you. And given that this is the third brand, we may as well be a little bit more experimental. And some things are going to hit and some things are going to miss. But I'd much rather this every now and then than just sticking to the formula. Because there's enough wrestling on TV. I like a little bit of something different. Give it up. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.